and welcome to the Glacially Musical Podcast, available on iTunes and YouTubes. It is Nick Cameron of the aforementioned Glacially Musical, who moves his hands in really ridiculous motions now that you can see them. Spirit fingers. And I am joined, always, as always, by Keefe, Chicken Fajita Pita Chakas. How are we doing today? The word for today is orange, as in this shirt is really orange. No, it's a red panda. <clears throat> Okay. But he's eating ramen and he's happy. So okay. uh, actually the last time I went out for ramen, I was wearing this shirt. I don't know that I fight. No, I nope, that is not true. I was wearing my sushi socks at the sushi restaurant. Maybe it was ramen. I don't know. You, I, bad story. I apologize. Sushi socks. Okay. I'm going to let that go. Uh, right. uh, did I say beer, metal and swearing and vinyl and all that stuff? Cause it is that. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Starting my first beer. Got to get close to the microphone to get the pop, apparently. Uh, I am drinking a Melvin IPA. I just saw that, and I was like, I might get that, and I didn't. I feel like we shop at the same places for beer, except in different cities. Well, I do shop at Trader Joe's frequently. Yep, I got mine. Oh, that's a nice one. Great. What is that? Great minds drink alike? Great minds drink alike. Great divine brewing. All right. Let's always try to shout out cheers. these brewers because uh, cheers to you. Let's uh, shout out these brewers because, you know, maybe people watching at home would be like, I would like to try that beer somewhere. This is a 7.5 ABV salty IPA. By salty, have you had, it's just rough. Oh, have, yeah, like have, you had, have you had that beer before? Uh, I had one the other night. I've also had their uh, double IPA, the two by four, which I like better because it reminds you of Metallica, two by four. <sighs> Should have picked a better one. Anyway, speaking of Trader Joe's Denigration. Denigration. Bitburger Pilsner from Trader Joe's. I've never had I have never had this beer. So we're gonna drink it down. I need to I need to get me a beer glass somewhere. I have I have a whole collection of them. They're just not here. So (laughs) the question is like, what do I do? You could put it in a teacup or a coffee Mm. mug like the time traveler and the time traveler's wife. But then they won't see it on the camera. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess the time traveler's wife's husband didn't do a very good job of that. And he was drinking whiskey oh, cups. This is tasty. Is it? Yeah, yeah. I've had, I've had that, but it's, it's a pretty good beer. Time. This would be a good beer with some kind of meal. Uh, before we get going, I want to do a little bit of a PSA <clears throat> regarding some news that's going on. As we have all heard, the Russia has invaded Ukraine and... For people of a certain age, like myself, who lived through the tail end, possibly the worst end, worst part of the Cold War, who lived through Desert Storm, watching it on television, and who also lived through 9-11, and seeing what happened to uh, our immigrant communities during that time. And right now, uh, an agent for Russian players in the NHL has announced that they are using armed security guards now for Russian hockey players. These guys have nothing to do with the war. They're here in order to not be a part of all that stuff. People may, especially the hockey players, people may recall Evgeny Malkin having to defect from Russia Not the Soviet Union, but Russia in a suitcase in order to get away from the oligarchs and play for Pittsburgh. So just keep in mind, we are, as Jimi Hendrix would put it, we is all Americans. We is all Americans. 
And there was no, oh, I forgot what the other thing I was going to say. Um, but, you know, the, you know, the lady, the 65 the year old lady selling borscht at the local restaurant did not invade Ukraine. A hundred percent. She's not, she hasn't been in Russia in a long, long time. And even friends of mine that have emigrated here from Russia and Ukraine didn't do shit to you or America. Calm the F down. Uh, Ovechkin has only done one thing to me personally, score a lot of goals against the Rangers. So you know what, man, let it be. People are people. A lot of people in Russia are apparently against this invasion. Somebody jumped into it. even came out against it. A lot of people have been commenting. So like I have, you know, other music websites have been going overboard on the coverage. And I feel like music is an escape from real life. And I don't want to bleed into it too much, but there have been some feel-good stories and there have been some not feel-good stories. And apparently also there's a ton of racism going on in Ukraine. I'm not going to unpack that right now, but just like who can get out, who can get out is only women and it's apparently only white women. And there is a huge African population in Ukraine that are the working class, just terrible shit all the way around. Nobody wins in a war. I have been the same things you have. I was in New York for 9-11. And the blackout, which was like PTSD, it's happening again. So like, in the sound of our voices, this is a plea, like just, you know, approach with kindness. Most people are not pro this thing, even in Russia. Chill out. You know, I'm going to say, listen to Black Sabbath. I listen to Thin Lizzy. uh, Because the, what is the, what, why don't, you know, politicians making war just for fun, why don't they go out to fight? They leave that all to the poor. Oh yeah, of course. The people over here are the ones that tried to escape that. So clearly, they want to be here. I, I'm not going to get into the sociopolitical ramifications of everything regarding what happened in America, what happened over there, because I don't know. I am not that big. Just remember, just be kind to everyone. Be Ted Lasso. Just be Ted Lasso. Okay. So I don't get that reference, but we'll just go there. Um, so beer check, check oh. PSA, vinyl any- check. Vinyl check. Go ahead, sir. Then we'll get. There's a little bit of news I wanna. I wanna just kind of discuss a little bit. All right. I uh, also have a little bit of news. Well, we'll see how your news goes, and then we'll see if there's time for my news. Maybe we'll save my news for the bonus episode. Fair enough. It's not uh, a couple things. I'm muttering anyway because of the Robert Plant saga. When the kid and I went out to see Pink Floyd at the Symphony, which might be a chaser episode. I don't know. We'll see. Um, went to music record store on wash on locust avenue which is a couple of blocks down from one of the greatest music venues going in st louis the red flag i finally polished off the led zeppelin studio collection uh this one is made in germany and because we're doing the robert plant saga for me on vinyl i have not even opened i haven't listened to half of the stuff that i've checked for the past three weeks, because I've how much is that? Uh, how much was that Zeppelin, by the way? Uh, it was not crazy, but it was not good. It was twenty eight bucks, a little pricey for what it is, if I'm being honest. But but it's unopened, like mint. It's it's a new, it's a repress. I mean, it's it's. But the it's thing unopened. about Led Zeppelin is, and I, I think I mentioned this before, Led Zeppelin records always seem trashed. You know, Pink Floyd out well, well loved. Well, I don't know if loved is well the right word. Uh, well, well used, ridden hard, put away wet. I mean, Whoa. there's Voice a lot references. of them. Yeah, it's it's bad. Uh, but I also came across in the Led Zeppelin section. 
Oh. Rubber plants, lullaby and the ceaseless roar. Hmm. This one was much more reasonable, $25. It's a double LP, 180 gram. It is brand new. And so I figured, you know what? I've even gotten into the latter days of Robert Plant's solo career in the past couple of years. Figured, you know what? The hell with it. We got paid this week. I'm buying it. All right, then. All right, then. Uh, I wish I had remembered we were probably going to do Pink Floyd as a as a bonus because my vinyl check is a Pink Floyd record. Oh, very and, nice. And look what Pink Floyd record I got for the Hold vinyl check. Out. Oh, we did... Obscured by clouds on a department of the first time Keefe joined us for the Department of Metal Antiquities, and we did that particular record, Obscured by this, Clouds. This is the I will not take it out, but this is the 180 gram black vinyl repress with the beautifully replicated cover. And uh, I just want to say this thing is so rad. I pulled this off the plastic guy. The jacket the plastic over the jacket had this la valet oh, sticker on it what i, I gonna do with go those, on. what i do with those this is just me i take i don't do that because that's disrespectful and weird no. uh i do not put things <laughs> on my ding dong much and wow ding dong cock already did not take long <laughs> uh, this is a sausage party i'm sorry uh remind me to tell you about my sausage party just for dudes that i tried to have the covid killed but um, was it? Oh, I put those hype stickers on the outer sleeves that I have. All right, so that's, that's an idea. Because you don't want to leave the records, probably not, it's probably not as bad for 180 gram, but you don't want to leave the cellophane on the records. I, I almost never do, unless it's brand new and I haven't played it. Because what happens is over time, they shrink and warp it a little bit. No way. Um, you look at you with the font of wisdom um i have at least two things well, at least one to two things coming in the mail in time for our bonus episode so i, I have this i got Floyd. some more stuff that i'm gonna check later <clears throat> due to the magic of having time you know maybe we're doing a couple episodes in one week instead of one yeah and that's all good text messages are coming because i'm professional right. as long um, as the child is not endangered you're good correct um a <clears throat> little bit of personal news uh, my move is three weeks away from tomorrow. Fast approaching. So in, I don't know how many episodes it's going to be because we're doubling up a little bit. To, mm. So there's no break. I hate not having content. We'll but see how it goes. Today, as of right now, in the room I am sitting in with all my records, just, but I no longer have any BC Boys vinyl in my current house. Hmm. I have begun the process of the great migration records because a thousand records is a really heavy and I've already got a storage system set up over there. So I've just, I've moved the first batch of records and tomorrow Aerosmith is out the door. I see. Um, interestingly yeah. enough, somebody in my building was getting rid of milk crates and I got really wide eyes because I have affinity for milk crates going back to my childhood in the Bronx. And at one point they were outlawed. You couldn't get them if you weren't a milk company because people were stealing them or it was something anti-homeless people because fucking New York. Sorry, YouTube. And um, somebody in my building was getting rid of milk crates. I brought them upstairs. I probably wiped them down because germs and people and who knows. And then they're too small for my life. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was going to say, uh, I had some people give me some milk crates when I just got back into this. 
and I put the first record in, and it's like, nope. <laughs> they need to be just a little bit bigger. Yeah, just a little. So I might keep them anyway and use them for some useful storage thing. But I got a tiny apartment. I think what I'm going to do for a solution until I can afford an elegant shelving system. I have moved the, I have like a little living room and my place came furnished because like an efficiency apartment, right? Except mm-hmm. for what I brought with me, my desk and computer and filming equipment for Ghost Cult. I have a coffee table that my turntable's on. And I think what I'm going to do is there's a space under the coffee table against the wall. And I'm just going to stack the vinyl in there for now. And because um, I really don't have another solution for them. The Otherwise, closest, they're going to be like poorly arranged in a house somewhere badly. The closest I ever got to going viral on social media was I posted a, a tweet saying, why aren't you listening to vinyl right now? Why not? And People were mad. People were mad. People were big mad at me. People I liked, I think. I don't know. Uh, anyway, I'm not going to get into that. But the biggest thing I kept hearing was, I don't have the room for it. And I get that. I am lucky enough to have an extra room. And my new house has an extra room. Good call. I'm hoping in a future Kiki domicile, I have a music room. That's the goal. Music and maybe an office and music room. That's um, our, our new music room is going to be straight up Ikea. We're putting two rooms in one. The last six feet of the room are going to be the office, and that's actually where I'm going to podcast and videotape from. So nice, yeah. Two, two, maybe one to two more things of note. Unless that was your news, was that your news? No, that is not my news bit. That Uh, is not your news. Uh, By the time this comes out, it'll be old news. But I thought it was interesting, and I thought we should talk about it a little bit. mm -hmm. Uh, Testament has announced their drummer for the upcoming tour. That was one of my two things. Testament has announced actually a permanent. Oh, is it permanent? Okay. He is the per- now. I mean, like as permanent as Gene was in for ten years. So how per- you know he was pretty permanent. Uh, Dave Lombardo. I'm mildly surprised it's him, and I'm going to tell you why. I think it's great news, and I'm thrilled you brought it up. I think it is interesting to talk about. So, Dave is inarguably one of the greatest drummers ever, and it looks like two of his big gigs are off the road for a while, which is Dead Cross and Mr. Bungle, because Mike Patton is on a hiatus, right? Certainly not touring, possibly on a hiatus from music, which makes me very sad. There's also rumors that Phantom Moss will someday reunite, which he's also in. Um, but the surprise of the news, Lombardo was incredible. He was on The Gathering, which is one of my favorite Testament records. Maybe one of their best records, maybe even top five. Oh, he was? Or five. He's the drummer on The Gathering. Didn't know that. Which they have reduced how many songs they play from in recent years. But maybe with him back, they'll bring them back in the set, which would be cool. The problem with Dave and the surprise of why it's, why isn't it Paul Bostaff? who is not necessarily jobless because he's in that unnamed Kerry King thing that's going to start doing something soon. Why not John Detty, who is the Swiss Army Knife drummer of the world? Uh, incredible drummer. Look him up if you don't know him. He's filled in for Testament Slayer and Rex all the time, yearly, basically. He's the go-to replacement guy. But if you're going to bring back in Lombardo, the last time he was in Testament, he left Testament because he did not want to play old Testament stuff that he didn't write on. So The Gathering comes out in 99. It also featured James Murphy of Death, later replaced by Steve Smythe from Forbidden and Sadus, and who also played with DiGiorgio, so it makes sense. 
you know, I had often said that I thought that Titans of Creation would be the last album with kind of Skolnick, DiGiorgio, and Hoagland, not because of any enmity in the band, just because it's hard to keep those guys and pay them a salary. The only owners of Testament are Eric and Chuck. And so the other guys are expensive hires, basically paid, you know, legitimate paid John Wicks. You know, they're all getting a coin to go do a job. And, and you know, Skolnick loves Testament, but like he could do other things with more free time. He and the same thing, Giorgio works all the time. He's on countless death metal records. He's constantly home in his studio doing bass lines for hours. So the reason I'm surprised Lombardo is back in, because the last time he was in, he didn't really want to play the classic Testament stuff at all. He didn't, he was mad about it. Like I knew them, got to know them a little and they were complaining like, yeah, we put in like nine gathering songs in the set list and nobody wanted to do more than four. Nine. It's almost a whole album. I think four and is the right amount of songs. Off the, yeah, off Testament the has had three or four records with jeans, you know, in a row, and they're not going to not play their basically brand new record they barely played for anybody. One tour, Titans of Creation. That's the reason they're going on tour. So, I mean, like, I'm sure he had to come in and compromise that like he's going, you know, you can't do a, a, some of these, you can't do a Testament show without, like, Disciples of the Watch and, you know, certain other songs that are just staples you got to kind of do so but it'd be cool to hear the gathering stuff again i'm glad he's back in it's 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 an interesting hire and i think it's a good hire and it, oh it, yeah and i'd love to get them it, to make another record with him would be amazing and you know it, it raises testament's q rating as it were always still says that i do always yeah Testament. Fair enough i mean you know we can have a whole episode sometime on like who are the next four of the big four who are the big ten who should be kicked out or whatever. It's a good always, chaser episode right there. Would be a good chaser. I'm going to save my other piece of news for our chaser episode because I Fair do want to talk about it, but I think we started a little later and I don't want to drag us on. This album is already dragging a drag on. hey holy cow. Real quick, um, before we get to the record, can I just point out this record is too long and I didn't even have all of it. Okay. There's one, tr- it's 11 tracks on every version but the vinyl. Yes, that's right. As I pointed out before, nice. I did go through the whole thing on vinyl. I picked up this one, paid twenty bucks for it, which is a pretty good price. It's a nineteen ninety album, which that that is a weird time for vinyl because right. there are still a few adherents, not many, and we are about six out. months away from vinyl pressings as a novelty. Mm. So it's a little flimsy and it's a little overcrowded and they just left the track off. And that, I believe that is that track. She said track yes. five, track five. She, she said, I didn't write the oh. names down. I, I've got them, but I didn't write them down. Oh, great. Um, I mean, do you really need the titles? One of them is yes. S, S, S and Q. I don't, yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. You need the titles. I, I have to push back on this. This is the third time you've asked, do we need the titles? We always need the titles. I want to <laughs> okay, assume. We need, we need the titles. I want to presume the listeners don't know this stuff. So we need the titles. Uh, okay, right. okay. Good point, um, good point. Normally, you know, normally when I do a vinyl review like this, I will have the record with me and I can just go off the back. But mm-hmm. I was doing a couple of other things. Uh, another little bit of news, personal news. It's a vinyl check that's not real. I apologize, but I want to get the word out there in case anybody wants this because I don't want anybody to have the FOMO I had on it. Uh, I don't know if Keefe just rolled his eyes at me or what, but I just roll my eyes in the general sense. Uh, Go ahead. Union, the, Union, the band of John Karabi and Bruce Kulik post 
Motley Crue Kiss reunions, their two records are being repressed on vinyl by, I want to say, Della, Decca, Deco, something entertainment. Just just Google it and you'll find it. I They are $40 a piece for the standard version, a little pricey, and $90 a piece for the deluxe version, which is a better, cooler color and autographed what I had said before when these were announced last, because they announced it last year and they finally, it was announced about a year, almost a year ago now. Mm. They said, I am in for the first record, no matter what, depending on my, depending on price, I may go on for both. Well, price said no. <laughs> in for a penny, out for a pound. Yeah, I'm in for a penny. And seven fifty in shipping, which is a little pricey. <laughs> But considering I know how much cost to press these goddamn things, and I know how m- they probably paid nothing for the rights to them, because I don't know that Spitfire Records is still a thing. They were uh, bought by somebody, bought by somebody, bought by somebody. Yeah, they're probably... At a, one time, Spitfire Records had Black Label Society, Kitty, Prong, a lot of people. Yeah, I remember 1997. <laughs> hey. Uh, yeah, so that's... Exactly. just wanted. To, I just wanted to throw that out there. Once I get it in June, which is not going to happen... I will pull it out and show it to you. But. Yeah. All right. I'm excited for that. I love both those guys. I don't think I would buy that on vinyl. Uh, 40 bucks. Rate. You know, it's pretty steep. They're, they're pressing, I think, 500 copies of the standard for 500 copies of a colored vinyl with a full cover. You're only looking at about 6 to $7 okay. per record production costs. They did not have to master it for vinyl because it had a vinyl release to begin with. So this is a Interesting. very low-cost, high-dollar pressing. I mean, good for them. You know, if uh, you know if the boys are getting paid, I'm happy for that. But <clears throat> I would like to pay less. Not at the shoe source, though. That was a fun. <laughs> Come on, I, I get, I got it. I got it. I'm sorry, dad jokes, dad jokes. <laughs> Bad jokes are not always bad jokes. Sometimes they're good. Um, All right, let's get to this Robert Plant crap. So, well, just to recap gently the last little pause right before we jump in, because we have, I don't want to delay it too much more, gosh. Um, Robert follows what I think is a great album now and then. Overall great, at least an eight. Oh, yeah. Great eight. Eight great, right? The perfect Nine, kind of ten, solo record for, for somebody and, of his it, stature. And it really is his best solo record beside the first one. It really is. Oh, yeah. Far and away. Um, and so he goes on on this really successful tour again. He changes bass players. Uh, Woodruff jazzes out. And he brings in Charlie Jones, who would wind up marrying his daughter. And then... And playing which, later with Which Agent ruins Hunt. the Led Zeppelin reunion we could have had. I don't think so. I don't I think know, they ever. Like I don't think they ever. Listen, I love John Paul Jones. I play bass. At one point, I knew the majority of the Zeppelin catalog on bass because of JPJ. I think he's right, and they slighted him on purpose the whole way. I well, think it's very the dynamic of just Page and Plant together. They like a lot, and I think having John come in and try to Johnify things they don't like. And then uh, we'll, well talk it becomes what do it. they want? Do they want a new thing or do they want the old thing? Well, they want the credit Robert for the Plant old thing with a little bit of a new thing. Mean, Robert wants a new thing and Jimmy wants the new old thing. Right. 
And, and John wants probably a new, new thing with the old guys. Yeah, have you heard the record he did with Diamond Gallus? Oh, that's really good. It's wild. I'm, I prefer to them Crooked Vultures, but that's me. I didn't um, even like that one. That, I, I thought that was underwhelming as hell. Wow. That record is far and away better than most of Queens of the Stone Age and Foo Fighters to me. I but also me. don't like those bands. I know you don't, unfortunately. I love the first Foo Fighters record. I saw them on tour with opening for Mike Watt in 1995 when nobody had heard of them. Yeah. And I bought that first, it, before the first record even came out. David, Dave, uh, Dave Grohl comes out after all the cheers and he goes, <laughs> you could suck for all you know. And then he mutters, but we don't. Hit it! Yeah. He's, that record's great. The first couple of Foo Fighters records are great. I saw them last year. They were fantastic. For two I've seen hours. them two or three times. I know I saw them with the Chili Peppers on the Californication tour, Ugh, which is God. when the Chili Peppers were just terrible. From That was when they I mean, started. Ever since, they've been just pretty yeah, terrible. I mean, that was when they started. Uh, we decided that we suck, and we're going to suck forever. No shovel up. No shovel up on that record. Not even a chub, not even a chub, let alone a chub alone. Uh, so Robert goes on tour, he gets Charlie Jones. That's what triggered this whole thread. Charlie is a hell of a bass player, by the way. He was playing kind of Led Zeppelin that, tunes this time. For the first later time. on, he played some Led Zeppelin tunes which are on that tour. Go back in the studio to really quickly go make this new record, Manic Nirvana. And we said in the last episode that Robert started to feel that old Zeppelin thing again. Where that sort of like the last Shaken and Stirred is terrible as a terrible synth pop record that has no balls. It 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 it's a culture club record. Now yeah, fair enough. Now and Zen has like a little bit of what Robert was doing in the 80s, but it rocks more. And it's obviously not just because of Jimmy being on the record. It's got a Zeppelin thing all through it, not just, you know. I know you the, said Jimmy was on it, but I didn't hear him. He's there. It's not as bad as Honey Drippers. But... It's not as bad as Honey Drippers. It's much better than Honey Drippers, actually. No, I, I mean, mean, you mean, I mean, you mean not like hearing Jimmy's Jim. non-appearance. Yeah. yeah. But like, I don't know if that gave Robert a shot in the arm or he started to feel like it, he had permission again to be 70s Robert again. But he's 70s Robert's the crap out of this Manic Nirvana record to me. He does. We'll see if and, we agree. And a lot like in, the, in Now and Zen, there's a lot of modernity, which is now there retro. is some modernity, and I I think the credit again, the credit or the blame, goes to Phil Johnstone, who is a Jimmy Pageophile as a keyboardist and you know an occasional guitarist. And Robert actually flexes some guitar on both this and the last record, even though he's uncredited. He actually played guitar on some of these the tracks, acoustic guitar. So is like, it really surprising that somebody of Robert Plant's talent can play also play guitar? No, supposedly the story, I don't, I never liked the book Hammer of the Gods by Stephen Davis is considered to be a farce by everybody in Zeppelin, but I had read it when I was like a kid or, you know, it's a long, long time ago now, but um, he claims in the book, Robert showed Jimmy, babe, I'm going to leave you on guitar. And that's the reason, that's the reason Robert got into the band with Jimmy. And that's the reason it's on Zeppelin 3. To which Jimmy was like, this is utter freaking nonsense. There's no, no chance that Robert showed me on a 12-string guitar, Joan Baez. I know he loves, loves the Folkies, but like, no. Robert Just does love the Folkies. Something he fierce does. as we see much later in his life. As does Rob Halford, by the way. You don't have Diamonds and Rust if you don't have Joan Baez. 
Um, and that's my jam. Nothing wrong. Just, hey, I love the folkies. I love I me some too. Bill Oaks. I love me some yeah. Pete Seeger. I've got a love got Pete a Seeger. Seeger. I met Pete Seeger. Pete Seeger used to live in the Bronx when I was from the Bronx. I've got a Pete Seeger I, library, former library album. That's crazy. So yada 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 in this thing to death. Man at Nirvana comes out at the start of 1990, recorded recorded in late 89. Push that thing out quick. Even the front cover has Robert doing like a shirtless, you know, film remains the same, hand jive, lips pursed. I, I, Robert, not, we I, I am remember. listening. I'm just looking at the hang. You know what? Hang on. Start over. I don't have to start over. You can there. I mean, like this is the Robert everybody kind of wants. But I was thinking this is the Robert he hated and didn't want to do. And it's like he did a, a gradual 180 on this record where he starts doing the Robert-isms from Zeppelin in these songs. I don't know whether they needed them or not, and we're going to debate about this. So the only curious. The only difference was he sounded like an elder, elder, yeah, guys, el- yeah. elder gent from what he was. In, at is he 40 time. in 1990? He might, or 42 at this he point? He is 32 and uh, 81, pictures at 11. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he is 41-ish. So they 40-ish. Yeah, so he, he is, he's, he's, Middle-aged Robert Plant. So, w- is it fair to say it's a midlife crisis? Hey, hey, oh, go on and wring my neck. So, let's go quickly dispense with all this blah blah blah, and and as quickly as we humanly can, because this thing is at least eleven tracks and maybe more. As as my man reaches for a second beer, Sierra Nevada torpedo. Torpedo, nice. Uh, our good friend uh, Jamie from uh, oh god, what's the name of his podcast? Shit, sorry, Jamie. Flatulent at flatulent fuzz. Flatulent fuzz. Uh, he he, he doom something. Yes, he thanked sorry. me for he thanked sorry, me Jamie. for my uh, he credited me for my my commitment to the IPA. I don't know that anybody loves the IPA more than I do, which is it's funny because I used to hate it. Oh, interesting. So, I'm sorry. I'm I'm not stalling, but I am. Let's let's do this. There's going to be some discomfort, and there are some brilliant songs on here. So it's yes. still somehow better than most of his other records up to this point. Solo, most but of like yes. there are some painful moments on this record that do not exist on Now and Zen. And I don't know if it's a regression or just trying too hard. So you're going to help me answer those questions that I, I can answer burning that question. questions, huh? I can answer that question. All right, let's get there first. The album opens, because you don't have the track titles and I do. So the album opens with Hurting Kind, I've Got My Eyes On. This was a hit single. I can and see it's why. A, it's up-tempo and rocking and catchy. It's big riffs, it's bouncy, it's it's that kind of Zeppelin-y bounce. Proto-heavy metal rock thing. And it has, to what I can tell, as the first Robert Glissando Whale in like 20 years from him, literally since like Kashmir, where he goes up an octave and just holds it out in the way you remember. And there's a lot of ooh yes and woes and woos. And, you know, I imagine him in the studio in front of the microphone with the hand, the look at the, again, the hand jive that- I'm trying to take a sip. Take your sip. You're making me laugh when I'm trying. I'm, go ahead. Does anybody remember laughter, this shit? And so it's a catchy ass song. 
It's and it's pretty. It's actually hard. It's a hard rock song. It is a great um, album opener. It is a great album opener. I found the chorus a little soft, in a not good way. Not soft. There's a lot of dynamics on this record that it doesn't mm. need. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's some. There's some weakness. I have. I have two jokes later. We're gonna see if they land. Um, Can I uh, let me say? You know, I mentioned that it was twenty bucks that I bought this for. Yeah. Which, apart from everything past this, is the most I've spent on a Robert Plant solo record. Fair enough. I spent seven dollars on that uh, Pictures of Eleven record. I got it for five. That's cool. I uh, wish I would have been smart enough to go ahead and drop the thirty on the Japanese pressing that I came across, but didn't. And mm. did not buy. It wouldn't make the songs any better. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! I like Pictures at Eleven. I, I disagree do. on that one. I, okay. No, no. I, I said I like. No, it's. It's elite. we'll rank them maybe at the end, but yeah, like uh, uh yeah, it's I'm, high I'm up. Fine with that. It, it, that's, so did, that's did you have any? So. Did you have any other thoughts on hurting? Not time? on this one. It, it's great album opener. It's big. It's it's brassy. It's it's what I want. As a Led Zeppelin fan, as a Robert Plant fan, it's nice to hear him untie his left arm when he goes in. Mm. You know, he he. he he had one. He had one arm tied behind his back, folks. One arm he tied arm. it himself. He wanted it tied. Like he wanted to not be Robert Plant anymore. That everybody remembered. He wanted to reimagine himself like a Bowie, and he did for a long time. And sometimes it doesn't work, and sometimes it does. And I think he dipped a toe back in on Now and Zen on three or four of those songs where he wooed, he wooed yet a little bit, and he they did the spoons. We'll, th- we'll even throw out the tall, cool one for a second and say that is like a literally a beef, like a rap beef tr- diss track to the Beasties for sampling them. So let's just throw out that dad version of a diss track and throw it out and say it doesn't exist. <laughs> and the rest of that record has two or three songs where Robert is feeling the old Robert spirit, whether the song's called for or he was just into it. And people loved it because that is his best selling record still. He's doing it much more on this. Like, oh, that worked. I guess I can go in a whole foot now instead of a toe. So it doesn't always work. And we're going to talk about why on this next track is where, it, to me, this is just like, the first track is really good. This track is like, oh, throw this away. Big Love, a song about, I'm, I think, the, the Mile High Club. It's about his dingling. Oh. It's about his Rod Johnson. It is about the Mile High Club. He's flirting with a stewardess. She's offering him refreshments and then to follow her to the restroom. I don't know what service. this song is doing. There's a lot of, you know, repetitive Robert, a million, my, lo- my big love for you, my big love, my big, my big, my big. Ugh. I don't like it. I don't like this track. This track is, it's a weird one. It rocks, um, but it's kind of a turd. Lyrically and uh, maybe even some vocals. It, I love the drums, mm. except that they're that gated drum sound, and he's Death still he's still using that that kind of eighties drums, which yep. that Phil drum sound it and Def Leppard perfected it. That eighties drum sound is what kills the firm now. <laughs> so it kills everything. Yeah, I mean. The, Except hysteria. Hysteria still sounds fine. But yeah, hysteria is and Dr. What? And Dr. Feelgood on the drums is also massive. I haven't listened, I haven't listened to that in a while. I bought it on vinyl about 
six months ago, but mm. came across a repress. It was 20 bucks. Um, but, you know, Robert Plant sings it well, but there's no riff. It's, it's very minimal. It's underneath. There's a great 90s solo that is very reminiscent of Vernon Reed, which does not fit the song even a little. So it's this thing that happened and maybe, maybe, maybe it didn't need to. Yeah. And again, it's the same band, except for the bassist as the last couple of records or last record, Chris Blackwell, Doug Boyle, Phil Johnstone, and Robert and Charlie Jones are now on bass. You know, just a much more dynamic bass player than Jez. Nothing personal to Jez. Doug is very solid. And this is like, that's probably like his fanciest riffy solo. And 1990 was still like the shred guitar, guitar guys, right? But it was um, that noisy shred. Yeah, it's not like a tuneful scale. It's like a... It, it, so, a solo of, diarrhea. A lo- yes. A lot String of dissonance, diarrhea. a lot of... Think about the solo from Cult of Personality. Mm. And I know it's hard to play, but I don't know that it was hard to write. Not for those guys. Um, and that's this yeah. solo. It's it's that kind of... And yeah, then, it's a little too you know, much. Dive, yeah, too much. Okay, I'm done. Song three, S, 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 and Q. What the flip and flip is this song about? Do you know? No. Again, the another, one have these, them. another one of these things where I think, Robert, like this is the test, the test song title. Nope. This is the test song no, title. I was just showing off my uh, my inner sleeve. That oh, I thought that was like no lyrics on the inner sleeve. Oh, well, here's the, the that's the back cover. I do remember it. Yeah, no no lyrics on the inner sleeve. That's so. that wolf again from now and Zen. That's the for the Wolverhampton. That's the Wolverhampton because oh, that's I his hot to mention the Wolverhampton Wanderers. No, yeah, that, no, I'm sorry. It's Bolton Wanderers. I apologize. Uh, sorry, 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 wolves. sorry. Premier League fans. It's the Wolverhampton FC. Excuse me. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, it's the Wolverhampton FC, a.k.a. the Wolves. Yeah, in, in, in soccer teams, the a lot of the teams don't have proper names, as we would call them in America. So you have Manchester United, Manchester City, mm. Arsenal FC. Up the Gunners. Fuck Stan Kroenke. Sorry. My, my amount of caring about soccer is less than zero so anywho i don't know what this song is about and it's pretty nondescript any other thoughts i didn't actually think about any of the lyrics on this record um sometimes there was no lord of the rings there was no classic blues there was sometimes they're very thought there's a one blues track sometimes they're thoughtful yeah, the and, blue, sometimes, yeah and sometimes they're not like i don't know what this shit is about i don't know what this song is about um for this one, it's it's this is Robert Plant joining the modern era of the time. He has eschewed a lot of the Led Zeppelin tropes. He has eschewed the '80s tropes, and he's moving into this time frame. Robert Plant, as a solo artist, is much more of a chameleon than I think a lot of people give him credit for. However, I still think the song is bullshit, mm. and I don't and I don't need it. I agree. Um... You will have to tell me where the vinyl flips over. I'm guessing it's song five for you, six for me. Correct. Um, I Cried is the next song. And it's kind of a ballad. And it's a little more, it probably would have been 20 years ago, a blues song. 
this is kind of like an introspective pop folksy song. Not that folksy, but like a little bit of a sad pop song, almost uh, like an In Excess yeah. or a Duran Duran or a Depeche Mode without the beats. And it's not terrible. It's actually solid. It's good. Good voice, good lyrics, sad. Got it. Check, copy. I like this one. It, it's very soft. It's slow. It's mellow. The big problem with this one is that gated 80s drum sound is still here. Mm. If there was any one song on this record that shouldn't have it, it's this one. However, there are songs later that don't have it, and they're not this, this one. This would have been the song to bring back that drum machine from 10 years ago, because that's the song <sighs> for it. That No, no. No, no. this would have been perfect to have it. Well, I mean, clearly Blackwell, who also plays guitar, I mean, you know, I know he's a well-known guy, but like, I don't know. I guess he just... I don't know. Not you know, punted it this time. Not yeah. It's not terrible. It's not. It's, it's not, not going to ruin the song. Is it terrible? No. But is it? I mean, it it would have been a much better song if they had had drums rather than gated drums. I, I guess the, um, this song is a great foreshadowing of the Robert Plant we're going to get twenty years later. That's correct, and actually even more so later on. Uh, I uh, so I cried. She said, "Is the song you didn't hear? Don't have it." That I have heard. It doesn't matter then. It matters. Stop it. Um, it matters a lot. It's actually one of the only, the f- only track that's a full band composition is the lead track. This is oh. one of the few other tracks that has most of the band on it. So it does that kind of matter. Um, and you know, it's it's a good song. She said, I, I highly recommend you go back and listen to it. It's it's actually one of the better tracks on here. Uh. That's unfortunate that that's the one they cut then. Uh, no, yeah, I don't. I definitely would have cut something else, not that one. Um, a lot I would have cut so far, honestly. Then you have one of the semi quasi title track of the album is Nirvana, no relation to the band that had already formed by this time, but um, under that name. Oh yeah, yeah. Bleach had been out for a year. Or yeah, this song is actually was as an album track not a single very popular this is a uh, one of their one of the more streamed songs on this album because the title track usually is and i was going to reference it a little more on the next one but the reason this song is so popular is sort of an addendum to this album is about six months after this album comes out the led zeppelin box set is released and because the led zeppelin box set is released mtv and vh1 pee their pants covering it And VH1 did an entire week and a half on nothing but Led Zeppelin. It was a weekend. It was a weekend. It seemed like forever. Martha Quinn hosted the whole weekend. The problem with that was they played uh, Traveling Riverside Blues. I listened to it today. Like every third song. And that song is just not that good. Yeah, but you know what? When it was like the first new Led Zeppelin anything you heard in 13 years. It was from 1981. It was from Coda. It's not on there. It's on Coda. It's not on there. It's on the box set. That's where it comes from. It was not on Coda. It was left off of Coda, actually. You can fight me on this. You're not going to win, but okay. Um, wait, wait, wait. Nick okay. is giving me a migraine headache. Anyway. I, I have that effect on people. So the reason Nirvana and the next song, Tie Die on the Highway, and Hang the on, next I, single. I haven't talked yet. You're gonna you're gonna give you your thing. Yeah. Oh, we haven't done we haven't gotten to that song. Never mind. Your ma said you cried. These songs become huge 
because Robert's album was brand new at the time of this Led Zeppelin box set also. So there was like a whole half hour dedicated to Manic Nirvana where they showed live footage of Robert doing these songs. I remember that. With and no I remember, shirt on. And I remember the the Led Zeppelin, the one Led Zeppelin tune they played from that that little bit was was Immigrant Song. Yes. And I'm the only person I know that three is my favorite Led Zeppelin album. And I think largely it's because that was my first one. That's fine. That's a it's also record. a great record. But that's it is a fantastic record. Um, so that was my whole riff is because these songs were new. Jimmy's Outrider is a few years old at this point. John is underground, basically. Barely talked to even for that Zeppelin box set. The Zeppelin box set is one of, if you love Led Zeppelin, remastered by Jimmy is one of the greatest things ever by the way. Um, I personally love the box set. I've played these things into the ground. Um, I, the, the, the less, I had that box set as well. I bought it a few years after this. But the problem I had with it was because it was all jumbled up. Yes, people were it, mad. It, it took the context away. That's what Jimmy wanted to do. Jimmy wow. did that specifically on purpose to re- give you a new appreciation of the Zeppelin catalog in a different way. But it made me like it less. He felt like people have listened to those records so much they would like it more if it wasn't the same sequence as the album. I liked it less. This is also the same time as the Atlantic Records concert. It's the same, all this in a 12-month period. So Robert is very exposed. Every so often there's a giant Led Zeppelin like regurgitation. Dump. Yeah, so you know, however you want to look at it. Sleds up on us every there's all there's a uh, every five it's like Star Wars re-releases, right? Mm. Every so often there is a Led Zeppelin bout of food poisoning where it comes out both ends. Is Jimmy Page the George Lucas of classic rock? Yes. I had this idea that Anakin could come back as a little boy and be very sad. Um <laughs> I had this idea that this one thing that Bonzo did could have been into this other thing he did, and then we would have Two things that'd be better. It'd be Moby Bonzo Montreux. You kind of sound like Doug the dog from Screen Rant. Uh, anyway, Screen Crush. Sorry, on YouTube. Um, so Manic Nirvana is a good song, I think. Uh, also, a lot of plantisms, a lot of lot of plant harmonizing, like Zeppelin harmonizing. The same kind of Battle of Evermore. Him and Judy Collins, except no Judy Collins. Manic Nirvana is a solid rock song. And we'll just do the two of them together. Tie-Dye on the Highway is also a very, even though it's like kind of about hippies, um, it's a pretty good song also. Any thoughts on those two songs? Uh, Nirvana, I mean, it starts off with like, we're going to rock, we're going to rock, right? And then it's, we the, it's the wavy gravy quote from Woodstock 69. That's what that is. But for people who don't know classic music history, Wavy Gravy was the guy who was like the bon vivant of Woodstock 69. And not that is literally, Mr. Burns from the episode of The Simpsons. Not Mr. Burns. That's, yeah, Wavy Gravy. There's an ice cream flavor for him, Ben and Jerry's. And so he is, he was, rest in peace. He was like the MC, one of the MCs of Woodstock. And that's what he's known for that thing. We're going to rock. That's his, in his mind, that's where they were going, trying to call, Robert's trying to call back that age of the people who he felt changed the world which really they just screwed a lot and took a lot of drugs and didn't change much at all sorry uh, uh we're gen x we don't have to like them can't change um, my mind there's um, a lot of staccato 
80s guitar on this track. Mm. Which uh, David Gilmore made very famous on Run Like Hell, which is uh, actually one of my least favorite songs by Pink Floyd. No. And definitely my least favorite on the wall. But that's besides the point. Um, it, it, there's a great solo. It's Again, we have another song that's got a lot of good pieces, but I don't feel like it's put together in the best possible way. Fair enough. No, um, oh, is this where it flips? I think it flips before this. Flips no? six. Track six. Well, no, we're up to eight. Uh, what? I, we did Nirvana and Tie Dye on the Highway together. I didn't, I didn't, and, okay, I didn't, I didn't. And the flip should have been for She Said, anyway. No, the flip was after Nirvana. Nirvana. Okay, fine. So Tie-Dye on the Highway. Loved it. Great song. Yeah, it's good song. it's not special. It's a great, it's, it's a great way to open a side. It's a great way to open a record. It's, it's plant. He's screaming. He's godlike. He doesn't have a shirt on. You can <clears> see that bulge in his trousers. You know, it's classic. It's classic Robert Plant. Great way, great way. Great start. Fair enough. Um, the next song is actually a cover, and I didn't know it was a cover, but it's care. a cover. Huh? I don't care that it's a cover. Oh, so this is really the de facto blues thing, beside I uh, Cry. This one? This is, well, intended to be. Oh. Miss. My to cried in your sleep last night. I thought it was doo-wop. Cash. I thought it was him doing doo-wop. There's no, then you would have the backup singers and some different types of things. Um, having listened to a lot of doo-wop lately because of Twin Tempo, Twin Temple, okay. uh, this is more of a blues than a doo-wop, but I understand what you're saying. It was the doo-wop era, early 60s, late 50s. And this was also somehow a single, but it's a pretty nondescript song. Uh, completely unnecessary. And I'm done. Fair. Um, one of my two puns is here. I have notes. Okay. Uh, anniversary, not the song by Tony, Tony, Tony from R&B Land, but Robert's song, the very doleful ballad. I like this one. I didn't know. This is the one that doesn't have those dated drums. Yes, this is a more modern track. It's got and no it's gated drums, and, but synth strings. Or Bizarre. Kind of, when you can yeah. afford violinists, like why would you have synth strings? But I think we had this conversation last week. All the time in these records and it's not just Robert. True. true. Um, nah, following up anniversary, which we've said is at least solid to good. Liars Dance, uh, which is actually thumbs down from from Nick, but I'm going to say that Liars Dance is the forerunner to what Robert is doing now. This very folky 12-string acoustic pick thing. He might even wrote it himself on guitar. See, to me, this this is the blue song for me. It's it's that, you know, Delta bluesy thing that he always wanted to do. And it's just so bad at. Oh, well, if it's so bad, that's why I didn't get that that's what he was doing, because he's maybe bad at it. But like this is actually what he wants to do now. What he's right, actually I mean, achieved now. It's um, you know, um, you know they didn't walking attempt. into Clarksdale, Terraplane, and then uh, what is it? Mm. Uh, I don't remember. I don't know the name of the Led Zeppelin version of the song, but they redid. Uh, well, "Traveling Riverside Blues" was a Robert Johnson tune, and they remade "Terraplane Blues" into a Led Zeppelin tune. And mm. you know, I have listened to those two songs back to back, and I can't find it. I cannot find how that's "Terraplane Blues." But mm. you know, this song. You know, we talked about this a little bit at the beginning. We teased this. 
this record is long. It's 50 minutes. Every Led Zeppelin record clocked in at about 41. And mm. this is very long. And there are actually bonus tracks that just got released like 10, 11 years ago. Yeah, what somehow. I have no, I have no. Imagine if this thing was 14 tracks instead of only 11. Yeah, hard. Um, and fine. Yeah. We're, we're at the point now where I'm like, do we need this song? Yeah, you start getting there. Um, the final track is not a Kiss cover, but it is called Watching You. And uh, again, jokes are going nowhere today. No, Tony, no. Tony, I, Tony, I, and Kiss. Uh, but this, Watching this You one. is kind of like a very wet fart. It is totally <laughs> unneeded. Glad you, glad you didn't sip the drink first. It was all over the place. I was close. I was close. Watching You is... And there's even like an extended outro because again, they knew this might be the end of the album where they just repeat this weird extended ending that is a whole minute of unnecessary shit. So yeah, I don't understand. Um, this song proper has 11 tracks and like five of them are excellent and the rest are not good at all. Uh, that maybe uh, or good I, to excellent, good to excellent. Not can I excellent. weigh in just a little bit? I yeah, you got to weigh in a lot. Oh, I, I mean, just on this track. Um, it starts off with those big gated drums again, and I'm so sick of them. That's mm. and I I have heard way too much of these gated drums in the past like eight or nine months. Mm. So they they turn me off a lot. But then they go to this, and I'm like, is this the fucking Olympics? It sounds like the theme song to the opening ceremony of the Olympics. It's 1990 for God's sakes. There's no Olympics. You're not going to get there. Mm. That's all I got on this track. But yeah. Okay. Not that, yeah, not that great a song. And certainly, no, certainly not four minutes and 19 seconds worth of a song. And there are three bonus tracks I regrettably listened to. Oh Please my don't God. bother. Don't listen to these three songs. One of them is a cover by Billy Vera of the Beaters uh, that is not, uh, you know, at this moment, unfortunately, because I think Robert would murder that song the best way. Um, but yeah, this, so this album's way too long. It's, it's somehow, I think my memory of it when it came out was huge. Like I'm much more higher on that record back in 1990 than I am today. And today I'm just like, oh, this is a chore. When is this over? I could do a little third less of this album. Like eight would have been enough on this album. Yeah, eight um, is And enough. you didn't even hear She Said, which is actually one of the better songs. Unfortunate. That is unfortunate not to, as I would say. Yeah, but I would, I, I would take Hurting Kind Big Love is not good. I cried is good. She said is good. Nirvana is good. Tie dye is good. Your ma cried. Eh, anniversary. So like, yeah, this is you know, most some of this could be gotten rid of. This but Robert is a, huge at this it, point. It, it's a mixed bag. It came out at just the right time. It comes out during the Led Zeppelin food poisoning bout of 1990, <laughs> where Led Zeppelin is everywhere, and that's great. I, I, Are you suffering from Led Zeppelin food poisoning bout? Try Imodium. Have you not had enough Led Zeppelin? Here's the box set. Here's Robert Plant's new album. Here's a shitty record by Jimmy Page. Get it for a couple of years. There's another one coming. We, we've got you. And then and there's then a that, second box set coming. Well, hey, well, Robert, yeah, Robert then followed. So again, like this is Zeppelin box set, Robert on tour. Robert headlining festivals all over the world and huge headline, you know, arena tours still, whatever. Um, this is followed up because this is the end of our Robert run. Fate of Nations is a 1993 record that is 
okay by recollection. I don't think it's great and we're not gonna go through it. But, um, and then right on the heels of Fated Nations, Plant and Page are offered a ton of money to do an unplugged. And basically the only way Robert would do it because you hear some, we didn't really talk about it. There's some world music influences. Before we get to that, I want to run through the the set list for the tour. Do you now? Okay. I do. I think it's an interesting set list. Um, we don't got to go too deep into it. Sure. Um, Watching you not- is the track, by the way, that has like Indian influences. This is where it begins for Unleaded, basically. Hey, that's also the, uh, the opening song for the tour. Interesting. Um, Watching you, Nobody's Fault But Mine, which is a Led Zeppelin tune. Billy's Revenge, Tie Die on the Highway, In the Mood, fuck that song, Little by Little, Heaven Knows, Liar's Dance, Going to California, Led Zeppelin, Nirvana, Immigrant Song, Led Zeppelin, Hurting Kind, Encore, Ship of Fools, Wearing and Tearing, Led Zeppelin, Encore 2, Tall, Cool One, and Livin' Lovin' Maid. Do you so get this, credit? Does Tall, Cool One get some credit for the Zeppelin riffs in the song or no? No, I, I, I <laughs> but I, I, I mean that's, that's actually, four or five Zeppelin songs in show for the first time, Robert, in like 10, 11 years. Yeah, out of 16, 16 <laughs> songs, that's a good set list for somebody. That would have been the tour to go to out of all these tours. That oh yeah, oh yeah. And that's now a, obviously it's a good set list. It's got a great he did it smartly, unlike my favorite guys like Ace Fraley and Roger Waters where he leans far more heavily into his solo work rather than his previous band work. Ozzy Osbourne did the same thing. So there are two kinds of solo artists, the guys that are leaning on their former glories and the guys that are betting on themselves. And the latter category is always more successful. Sorry, that's all I had to say. That is very profound. Um, But yeah, this is like this, this era of Robert closes on a high to others oh, yeah. not to me but like he's riding high on an excellent record and a decent record this wave of zeppelinania that catapults him to another solo record that he kind of gets through quickly and then goes right into unleaded and his solo career is on pause for the rest of the 90s while he and jimmy mostly do i think then jimmy had coverdale page yeah oh coverdale interrupts- page came in 93 yeah, right. And but they literally jump right to Unleaded and Jimmy cuts it off with David. Yeah, he cut off the tour. That's brutal. Robert Boy, Plant dude. called him and said, What the fuck, man? Come home. And Jimmy's like, I don't I don't know if that's the truth. I think I've, I've been waiting. I'm just sure he was. You jealous. I'm sure he was, but also I think the bag of money was considerable to do the height. This is the height of unplugged. Do these guys the grunge I mean, unplugs are all happening? I know, Kurt Cobain I know. kills himself, sadly. Rest in peace. Uh, this is the height of Unplugged, and Zeppelin is the band that invented the Unplugged rock album. And yet they played half of the show plugged in. <clears throat> I know. And uh, Paul Stanley threw a little shade at that later. I remember. Nobody wants this. Where's Where's a whole lot of love? Nobody wants this crap. No, his, his shade was, we're going to play acoustic, real acoustic. We're not going to plug in like some other bands. Dude, shut the fuck up. It's Led Zeppelin. I mean, you don't have shit to say. Kiss doesn't have one song next to the worst Led Zeppelin song. Not even one good one comparatively. I don't know. I don't know that I agree with that comparison. Uh, but there's a Chaser episode in every single thing here. Like, oh you wanna, don't go there. 
You will not win. You know what we could, um, you know what we could we could just completely throw away the 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 decade system and just come up with an episode off every episode. It's like oh, some jackassery every episode, just predict the next episode. It's better than plan. Planning I, I'm just saying we could do planning will make for show. better content. There's no question. But I'm with you. We're we're two jackasses. What can I say? Sorry. Um, I'm a jackass. I, I look, I, I own it, I wear it. I'm wearing a red panda eating ramen. He doesn't eat let's, ramen. Let's Let's just dial it back for a second and close out on some positivity. Where, so this is like, are people remembering Robert's solo career for this or what he's doing now? His solo career is probably the most interesting solo career for anyone. You know, you look at the Ozzy, you know, there aren't many people that leave a major band and become successful solo artists. No, there's no way, no how. I mean, Ozzy's the exception. Sorry, Belchie, Gassy. There is no way that Robert Plant was ever going to be as, not only more successful, but as successful as Led Zeppelin. That's fine. But I think artistically, and commercially, this is probably the best solo career that we can name. He tried... We're not counting Tina Turner. You're not counting Tupac I'm, Shakur. We're not counting... I'm not counting Tupac. That's oh, not, sorry. That's uh, well, left Digital Underground, went solo. I don't know. No, um, he wasn't, no, he was in Tupac. Not Digital Underground. He was the dancer and backup vocalist for Digital Underground. He has one verse on one song. On Seth's packets. Um, not the Humpty Dance, but one of the other ones. Um, I have I have that, but I have I know you have it on blue vinyl. No, I, I don't have it. it on I have it on Swedish vinyl. Oh, Swedish okay. black vinyl contemporary. Oh. So it's Swedish missing uh, half of Do What You Like and all of Gut Fest. I think he's on Do What You Like, actually. Okay. Um but yeah, it's it's a great solo career because he has tried all these things. He's done everything he wants to do because he can creatively just follow his own muse. He doesn't mm. need to be a success. And every record he has sold has gone at least gold. Right. Let's let's throw out the honey drippers because uh throw it away. Let's throw it away because did anybody comment on their thing and take your record off your hands? No, no one did. That's a lost opportunity, folks. Uh, we should plug, find that tweet on Twitter and like, hey, there's a contest here if you want a free vinyl from Nick. Um, All right. If you had to rank these five records, uh, as the five records clearly go for shaking me. is worst. The oh, worst. Yeah. <clears throat> What's your other then, four? I, I would put number four, I would put this one, Manic Nirvana. And then next would be Principal. For number three for me. Number two would be Now and Zen. And number one for me is Pictures at 11. Mm. That's a tough one. So yeah, clearly Shaken is the worst. I would probably, I have Now and Zen as number one. I think Now and Zen is actually his most complete solo record. Oh, it, to it's, me. A, it's a great record. With I just Pictures like at two. Yeah, Pictures at two. Principles at three, but like there are some dreadful songs on that. But the good ones kind of lifted up a little. Yeah, I and mean, 
Honestly, this, he's only done two complete records. Wow, well, this record should have been eight. If this song, if this record was eight songs instead of eleven, it'd be a lot better. It'd I don't. Be whole, think you, whole rank I don't higher. think you can. Well, I, I don't think you can cut it down to eight because then we're looking at thirty-seven minutes. It's a little bit short. I mean, what is some EPs a little bit, ten a little, minutes and some are an hour? Like, what does it matter? A little bit short is a is a lot better than way too long. I get it. Um, and I only listened to a forty five minute version of this, and I'm like, yeah. "Come on, get, come on, don't bore us." This was a good run of albums. I'm not excited to go back and listen to these again anytime soon, but I do love Now and Zen and, and Pictures. And I, I would also tell anybody if they want my copy of Shaken and Stirred, I will show sure. that to you too. Uh, break it and set it on fire. Oh my god. Turn it I, off. I could probably get it for like a dollar later. So I mean, <sighs> you don't want it. Um. Hmm. So anyway, I'm kind of done. How about you? Uh, you know, uh, do you have any final thoughts on the Robert '80s first five albums solo run and a little bit more? There was never a point where his talent didn't show there were a lot of points where the songwriting was lacking and there were some points where the direction was so god awful i wanted to stab something that's mostly mm. shaken and stirred i mean that album is just just i mean that that is I would, just i would rather listen to millie vanilli on repeat forever than ever hear that thing again um it's I just, don't I'm not going to go quite Girl, that you far. know it's true. I would. Um, That's fair. I love I, Robert. And honestly, I, I have really, the last 20 years when he's been very acclaimed and won all these awards and every single thing he has done has been lauded and loved. I haven't loved all of it um, because I'm really in a much more rocking kind of phase and he's kind of slowing down and chilling out. But um, it's kind of interesting. I'll just close my portion of this. And you're welcome to have any other final thoughts you have to share. But I would say it's kind of interesting that this is the path he chose. And other anyone else not named Phil Collins, who we talked a lot about at the start of this thing. For good reason. Would have, for good reasons. Anyone else would have rested on their laurels. And I respect that he didn't. I just wish he would have sometime. Um, he, he- it's fine. Because I think after I think Live Aid kind of ruined any chance of a Zeppelin anything in the future, except for the you know Celebration Day whatever that they you know took over. But like yeah, I just think like it it it, it soured him on anything you know the hype of living up to whatever Led Zeppelin is supposed to be, and then they did it anyway, and he regretted it. He said that he regretted it. They all kind of regretted it. What Celebration? Uh, except Jimmy. Yeah, except Jimmy. Jimmy was like, let's go right now. Full band, reunion tour, go. And they were like, no. Yeah, I don't think anybody else had a good time. I love celebrating. I I love it. I'm just talking about Robert's point of view. I know, I know, I know. know. I'm I'm just saying that Celebration Day is my favorite Led Zeppelin live album. I get it. I like how the West was going. It has a 20-minute drum solo, which... Whatever. This is no. It's button. not. It's, There's a button that skips. I don't listen to. I don't listen to skippy things. You can pick up the needle and move it. I, one. Then I gotta get up off my lazy ass and walk across the room. I'm not doing that. You can take. You can take your bowl of 
ramen with your chopsticks and then hands up the chopsticks. Use the chopsticks to move the needle and the bag. Anyway, I respect Robert a great deal. Not really feeling all the stuff he's doing these days. I probably should give it another whirl. Alison Krauss is wonderful. Band of Joy was a good thing. Like, I'm not against any of these things. And Robert is happy. And I love Robert. I want him to be happy. But like, part of me is like, just once, could we have just gotten that? Like, and I saw the Page and Plant tour. So did I. Which I was very apprehensive about going to. And I was like, oh, this is like, I'm not really in the mood for unleaded. This is a fun story that I think I should probably save for a ghost cult thing. But I'll share a little of it. I saw Metallica and Page and Plant on back-to-back nights. Metallica, it was the worst show I ever saw. They were underwhelming. They were not into it. And they closed with like an unplugged set I walked out of. They I... started to play like the unplugged encore. Wait a and minute. Four like Horsemen Live. You unplugged. saw Page and Plant on the second tour then. Whatever. 97. Summer 97. 98. That was 97. the Reload tour. Whatever it was, 97, yeah, yeah. 98. Maybe it was 98. So you saw Reload and then followed by Walking into Clarksdale. Well, they barely did that stuff. And that's the thing. Page and Plant the next night at Madison Square Garden sold out was mind-blowing. And they played almost none of Unleaded or Walking into Clarksdale. They played like two songs. They played the whole set of Led Zeppelin songs with your boy Charlie on the on bass and Pagey's drummer on drums who looked like Keith Moon for some reason. Looked like Animal come to life with his flopping mop of hair. And uh, he headbanged as he drummed. I always remembered that guy. Um, and the only guy who really does that is Will Carroll of Death Angel. Um, and yeah, so, I, yeah. I saw Page and Plant on their first tour. I saw Metallica so much in the 90s. I was like, it's going to be awesome. I can't wait. And then it's like, oh, Page and Plant Friday. Aren't you excited? And I was like, not at all. And it was the complete opposite experience. Metallica was lame and Page and Plant was brilliant and i couldn't shut up about it even to this day then I every saw, other time i've seen metallica they've been good to good to great every other time but not that i time. also saw the reload tour and i didn't see them again until hardwired because i'm like wow it was probably was... for the best yeah well i mean the, the... back to robert plant because i could go yeah, on yeah. for another 20 minutes on that, that, that yeah yeah so yeah that's that's kind of all i have to say proud of robert three of these records are good one of them sucks terribly. The other one's just mediocre. How's that? And Honey yeah. Drippers is Honey Drippers is nondescript. It's not bad. It's not good. It's just there. They made it, and it's there. It's a thing that exists. See, Love is a good song. That's it. End yeah. of story. Didn't need a cover of it by these guys not doing anything extra special. Uh, for me, and, when it comes to the Robert Plant solo era, one of the things I've always said about bands is an artist, solo artists, or full bands, or you know, whatever. I want to hear the music they want to do at that moment. I believe that that is what Robert Plant did during his, the first decade of his solo career. Um, for the, uh, oddly enough, even though I like the rocking Led Zeppelin bluesy stuff more, I prefer his latter days solo work. Uh, Carrie Fire, the Alison Krauss records, uh, hopefully Lullaby and Ceaseless Roar. I've never heard it. I, just spent $30 on it so hopefully it's good but I like that better it it feels more it feels very off that era feels very authentic and with this five record run I'm just going to throw out honey drippers I regret that we even got involved in that because we shouldn't have this is all your idea 
You have to take the blame. I regret that I made choices to tell you that we should listen to this record. Yes, the the Robert Plant saga was my choice. We, Keefe and I, switch off every other decade. One of us picks a band. I went, oh, I've got all this on vinyl, so let's do this. Okay, I did it. I Make better choices. It's okay. I'm glad we did it. And we could have chosen uh, any host of number of other artists for the 80s that probably would have also been so-so. The thing about the 80s is there was no, there are very few bands in the 80s that just killed it. Hmm. I, except for Metallica. Everybody's uneven in the 80s. I would even hmm. say Slayer is uneven in the 80s. I would say Anthrax is uneven. Uh, Jimmy Page is very uneven. Uh, John Paul Jones didn't exist in the 80s, really, to speak of. Uh, Suspended hibernation. He's like in a crypt with Dracula, asleep for a decade. What up, man? Did you ever hear No Quarter? He was producing albums, by the way. Hey, hey, Drac. Hey, Drac. Did you ever hear No Quarter? Oh, dude, he was so mad. Did you see that? No. He was so I totally forgot about this. So, you know, like, No Quarter is one of the songs on Unleaded. Right. That John wrote the majority of. Right. It's his song mostly. Right. Jumbo Joe's piano. Not just piano, it's his riff. No, it's that's what Plant said on uh yeah. Song Remains the Same. But like, but like he was furious that they called the record No Quarter because it's his song and he wasn't invited. I'm sure it's personal. I'm sure they left him out on part on purpose. There's no other reason logically for them to omit him. He makes everything he does incredibly better. Can I mean can you honestly say? That Page and Plant are good people. Is anybody a good person? I don't want to go yes. there. Yes. Do you You're really want to go there? I don't think so. I have very dark good. moments. We all have dark moments. I have a, I have skeletons in the closet, man. Did you stick a fish up somebody? No, never. I did not kidnap a girl, ped Nugent, pedophile Nugent. I didn't do any of that to anybody. Well, there you go. But, okay. We, we've all I, got skeletons. We've all got stupid, but you know, I. I, I I would argue, if you allow me for a moment to just riff, as it were, I would wager that probably those two dudes felt like a lot of people did, this guy included, that they were the creative force of Led Zeppelin. When I heard they were going to make a record, Page and Plan, I'm like, oh, we're going to get another Led Zeppelin record finally. I know. But it's not, it's not really Led Zeppelin at all. No, not even close. The Who is more the Who with the, out the guys that have passed away than Zeppelin is without those other guys. And no, it was a, a Robert Plant solo record. He, he like, he's like, look, we're going to do this. Get on board, Jimmy. Wanna, you want to get paid? You know, I think it was more like the only way I'll do it is X, X, Y, Z. And then Jimmy was like capitulated and he got what he wanted eventually anyway because they went out on tour and they did. Well, that's, they where did. You, that's where you get paid. But uh, in terms of this, very proud of Robert to take the path he took to go where he wanted to go. Uh, as a Led Zeppelin fan, of course, no, I did not ever really get what I wanted. Mm. I'm glad I got Celebration Day. The tour would have been spectacular, but didn't get it. So I'm glad we sat down and really gave these records a listen. Not all great, not all terrible. It's a mixed bag. 
There are two really great records, one really good record, one fuck terrible record, and one mediocre record. It's, I think exactly that. It, it, it's about you're, what you're, you're in agreement, just not maybe the. I think we even agree on those records, actually, which ones are the two great ones. Yeah. It's we, clearly now and Zen in the first one. Right. And, and the second one is good. And then it's like garbage, okay, should have never got the Honeybookers. Super crap. So, so yeah. Okay, uh, we're in agreement. We will catch you next week for the chaser. Anything else? Uh, take us on home, buddy. All righty. It is the Glacier Musical Podcast. It doesn't play in Peoria. <laughs>